Uh, Katie Clyde, as I live and breathe, how are you? Very well, how are you? I am so good, and guess what? Here we are again. We've done this before. Ten years ago. Ten years ago, yeah. The very first The project needs a little time to get off the ground. Anna, you gave it the appropriate amount of time, and now here you are, thriving. No, here we are. Speaking of ten years ago, I have a little Google Home thing, and it scrolls through pictures all the time. They're on my phone. And a series of Cinco de Mayo with Katie Klein photos were coming up yesterday. Can you get rid of those? Gonna need you to get rid of those. No, they're they're printed and out to all, being sent to all your friends. <laughs> you know, we just we did. We had a home sell, a very low key Cinco de Mayo. It was one of my most favorite things. Until, I know. You know, you get older, you get wiser. You read a book. Uh, somebody says, actually, maybe stop doing this. <laughs> Maybe just um, take it easy. Maybe just take it easy. I had one margarita yesterday. That's all an old person needs. That's all an old person needs. It was while I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy. So that was... To have a margarita while watching a movie in a theater was something I didn't think through. Because it was... You had a margarita at a movie theater? Yeah. I haven't been to a movie theater post-pandemic. Every single time, it's... You're... you're Taking your life in your own hands. It's a, that's a risk. Well, I'm glad to see you made it out alive. My God. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, there's still time. Yeah. So, uh, Katie Klein, I, I, I recorded with Emma Pope last week, and I told her that she's one of those people that I always say your full name. I just always say your full name. And it's, yeah. I think it's oh, yeah. because of the syllable. Do you, you get that a lot, right? I do, yeah. I think I'm Katie Klein to most people. It's an alliteration. I am a married woman, and I did not take anyone's name. I'm not kidding. It's Katie Klein. It is a part of my identity. If anything, it should be Neil Klein. You know, I didn't even float that past him. I should. He, he's been telling me for years. It's what we have mean. separate bank accounts and separate names. We are essentially just two people who live together. <laughs> <laughs> With two gorgeous little babies. But to gorgeous little babies together. But you don't have to be married to do that. So, you know. That, that is true. That is true. Drinking tradition left and right. Left and right. So, welcome to Romcom Town. Thank you so much for coming. Um, oh, it's an honor over here. I love your tree. Are you in? My son's tree? room. Son's room. Okay. I'm in my son's room. This is a tree decal that I put on. When we first moved into this house, I said, now what could be fun? Stickers and decals. Live it out. But the is that... gonna take a room in my take a nap in my room, so I'm in my son's room. That makes sense. You do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. Did that take a long time? Yes, it did. <laughs> it looks great. So there's these new stickers for well, I don't think they're new. They're new to me, but they're like like a latex almost. It's a really cool material. It's like a little bit of stretch, but it was very fun because it comes on a piece of paper, you pull it off like a sticker, and then you get to design your tree, put your leaf where you want to put it. And it was honestly very meditative for me. I really enjoyed the process. And it's like the tree itself is like in a spring season, but some leaves are falling. You know, maybe it's getting a little cold. We're transitioning. From, transition From season to season. As we live in the Midwest, we get to experience. Mm, amen. <laughs> I'm, um, I, I... This weather right now that we're having is my fave. So after this, I'm going to take a walk by the lake and I cannot wait. Oh, I know it. Oh, I absolutely know it. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Sweatshirt weather. I don't want it to get uh, hotter than this. No, 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 no. 
No, um, I don't do well in the heat. No, ma'am. Look, look at me. You think I'm doing okay in any sort of sun? Oh yeah, you and I are. Yeah, you, you and I are good. We can we can sit in the in the in the shade. Sort of the the original um, idea of the podcast was like, oh, let's talk about like dating stories and stuff, and we can certainly do that. And if you have those stories, we can. But it's evolved into more like conversational stuff, and it's it's uh it's been kind of a fun little journey because I think everyone has a dating story, but not everyone has multiple of them like I do. Oh, so it's um it's it's changing in a really lovely little way. Um, oh, I like that. I know. You have to follow the fun, Tom. You have to see where it goes. That is exactly what my mom said, who does not have any improv training. And that's a big improv rule. That's right. It's a lot. Follow the fun. You can't force it. Oh, I force everything. No. Force everything. Dad is like, oh, we're going over here. Okay, we're going over here. Oh, we're going over here. Okay. Um, so... Do you have any dating stories? And it can't, the bad ones can't be about your husband, Neil. I mean, no, I know you have. I know you have. I, really, I don't, I really don't remember like dating him. So those wouldn't even be dating stories. I feel like we've just been together. So I, I really don't remember going on like dates with him. Um, I went on a date once with, so this big time rabbi in my town in Cleveland. Okay. Allowed. He wanted to set me up with his nephew. And this was huge news. This was like a celebrity in Cleveland wants you to date their nephew, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Single, I'm in my 20s. This is big. Yeah. I go out with the nephew. Everyone's like, you're going to marry him. We're going to be Cleveland Jewish royalty. This is going to change all of our lives. We're all amped up for this. You were excited too? Very excited. Okay, good. Okay. We go to the restaurant and he orders for me. He says, she will have. And I say, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very quickly, it became clear that we were not we were not on the same page. I think really? he was very successful, very cool. He wanted like a lovely, I think a lovely, quiet woman to come along with him on his journey. Mm. And I said, "Oops, a doodle. We, <laughs> I'm not her. I know who you want to date, and I'm not her. I'm a firecracker. I got my hair is too big. Obviously, you want someone with sleek hair. You can just tell, you know. Really? Oh, yes." So we shut it down, and I had to let down my my whole family and tell them I was oh. we just weren't going to be. This is not our future. How did they take that? They were okay with it. They they okay. could tell. They said, "All right, we're moving on. It's not for us." Were was it the talk of the town for a while? Was it scandalous? <laughs> no one gave a shit. But I like uh. to think I'd like to pretend that it was scandalous. No one gave a shit. I w I'm, was more just shocked that this man ordered for me like it was 1952. I yeah yeah. It was very fun. Okay, let's see. I dated uh, a man for a, a long time, and I quit my job at a law firm to go on oh. tour with his band. He was going on tour with his band to the East Coast. You're familiar with the East Coast, mm -hmm. Boston, <laughs> Rhode Island, Maine, all of them. And I was oh you at a law firm. And I said, I got to go. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I got to go on this tour. And my father, one of his parenting tactics that I really like, he had us write letters to him or to ourselves just to, like, process your feelings. You would write a letter. And I said, I got to quit my job at this law firm. I'll get another job. This is stupid. I mean, I was like a clerk. It's not like I was in law. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll get another job, but I got to go. This is 
this is an experience. And he said, write a letter. And I still have the letter, Tom. And it is my 23, maybe, year old self. And I think I said something to the effect of like, I know I'm not in love with this man. I'm not going to marry him. But this is really cool. And I want to go do this. Oh, my God. And my dad said, go ahead. Have fun. And I did. It was great. How long was it? I I feel like a month. I honestly, if I, I feel like it time blacked out. I don't know. A couple weeks maybe. <laughs> wow. It was it fun? It was so fun. It was so much fun. We were just driving around to these different cities. I really liked the band. Wow. It was great. Do we get to know the name of the band? Do they get a shout out or not? I don't think they're I can't imagine they're still <clears throat> they're still banding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys got along. Did you guys like fight or anything? I would have fought with everybody. I think he did. I think he and one of the other guys in the band, I feel like there was tension there. Sure. But I was like, heck yeah, we're getting away. I met up with some friends in New York. It was so great. Uh, see, that is the sort of like energy and, th- and enthusiasm you will only find in a 23-year-old. But like, Oh, yeah. If that opportunity presented itself now, it'd be like, hmm. Uh, You'd have to be like, is there room for my back pillow in the car, you know? Right. Are we going to be able to find a pharmacy to pick up all the medications that I need? Can I bring my vitamins and my essential oils? Yeah. Are we flying? Do I have to measure out my my oil? Yeah. And do my, can my, can my cats come? And <laughs> can I be on Zoom while you're uh, playing your set? It's it's a lot. It's a lot to change <laughs> Shoes. Um, I mean, my God, I used to throw on a pair of flip-flops and have myself a day. And now that I'm elderly, I mean, I have to wear a shoe, Tom. We have to be shooed up. And it's really, it's just a sad state of affairs. It's like Clark's orthopedic. You... <laughs> we got to it up. I had to go to a podiatrist. <sighs> I said, uh-oh, my feet. And he said, yeah, girl, you got plantar fasciitis. Oh. Tendons are broken. And you know what he said? Huge uptick because of the pandemic. Everybody was at home barefoot, walking around for a year. Everybody broke their feet. So if you're out there and you're hearing this near feet hurt, you're not alone. What is plantar fasciitis? Plantar fasciitis. Like the tendons. The tendons are messed up. They're Tendons are fucked up. The tendons are busted. Okay. So I had a baby, which also messes up your feet. And then it was a pandemic. So we were in, you know, elderly. We went from a young person to elderly very quickly. It's not fair. It's not fair. And I know that the, everyone experienced the pandemic, but like but our think- generation personally, I feel like was robbed of like a little. Their youth. The little bit of, yeah. <clears throat> we're like, we entered at 30. But I entered at like 34, the pandemic, and now I'm 50. It's really something. You see people that you haven't seen in years and you say, oh, gosh, it really is. That... And then you look in the mirror and you say, yeah, what am I? What am I casting aspersions about? Look, yeah. at I look great chicken. I look like I've been wrung out in the rain. And it is. It's really it did a number on us. Well, I think and I think that, you know, um, what is it? Uh Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I think uh, ugliness yeah. is in the eye of the beholder as well. Because, like, yeah. I think we see ourselves in a very different way. Because to me, you look ravishing. Oh, always. That's ridiculous. You are. Oh my God, Katie Clinton, you're I've so good. Fifty years. Oh my God. 
Well, you, I think you're. But we're, age is good. Age is good. We're, I'm listening to that Ju- Julia Louis Dreyfus podcast where she interviewed me too. Wiser than me, spectacular. It's really inspiring. As a woman approaching aging, I'm in it. What do I mean approaching? I'm deep in it. I'm in my late 30s, and it is really nice to hear these older women talking about how incredible it is. They're having the time of their life. It's so much better to be older. They said being. I think it was Jane Fonda. She said being young. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it was. Um, What's her name? The New Yorker. I forget. Yeah, uh, and Frank Leibowitz. Ann Leibowitz. She yeah, said, isn't it so hard to be a young person? One of them said it. I don't know. It's hard to be young. Moral of the story. So I'm excited to get old. I've never minded it. I've never minded it. Um, Good. I'm doing a lot cooler stuff now than when yeah. I was 23. And the FOMO for me, also pandemic. Pandemic. What'd you call me? <laughs> cut that out cut that part out i'm sorry i slipped <laughs> no i mean i was definitely being a pretty big fellow just then uh <laughs> my calls it like a season all right if you're acting like a fomo then i'm gonna fucking say i'll say it i don't care it changed um, it changed our brains i we got locked in the house for a year i had two kids and now i'm like listen life is what it is we got to you know, I can't care about other stuff. I can't care about the other stuff. And I, it's, it's, there's this nice little release that you have in terms of sort of FOMO of things I've not done myself. Like I haven't started like FOMO of things that I haven't like made happen. Does that make sense? Sure. Is that what FOMO is? I don't even know. It's but... whatever it is to you. <clears throat> Cause there'll be things like, oh, I, I always want to write more. And I haven't, and I feel guilty about it, like, often. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But it's been nice to sort of release that over the past couple of years of, like, yeah. if, you, if you haven't been doing it, you can't really enjoy it that much. It you'd must, be doing it. You'd be doing it. If you wanted it, you would have done it. I feel the same way about, like, you know, digital content. In our peer group, people are cranking it out. Okay, we got TikTok stars in our peer group. We do. And I always, I'm an alumni of the Second City. People I know are famous. I said, mm-hmm. Katie, you got to get it together. But it never happens. And I similarly had a moment of like, it's probably not going to happen because you clearly don't want it to happen. <laughs> so maybe just go back to making, you know, your cauliflower piccata and just shut up about it. But also all you want to be doing. Yeah. Well, but all the hall with you, yeah. Beth. Yeah, thank you. I do have a very successful internet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an Aldi fan through and through. My husband converted me. I'll give it full credit to Neil. I had never been to an Aldi. I had never even heard of it. He said, you're insane. You got to come. I went. Changed my life. It is the most fun store to shop at. They don't pay me for the record. They do not pay me. They have not paid me. But I am such a fan. And I was talking about it with someone and they said... Please do an unboxing video where you open up everything and talk about it. And I said, gladly. And so I started doing it. I started incorporating my son. And the five people who watch it really like it. I love it. I got to go back. It's been a while. But now he's old enough to, like, take things off the cart and say, we need this. So it's a slippery slope when you bring a four-year-old. Or is it internet gold? Well, you know, to be determined. To be determined. And whenever he says Aldi Hall on those... um just happy he's a good kid i'll tell you what he is lots of fun and 
a lot of what I think about in creating this kid, his, his whole, I think about he is going to be a partner for someone and they're going to be so lucky to have this partner. Mm. And that is my gift to the world is that Aww. one gets to have this, this person as their person. That, that is far along down the line, but I do think about it. Of course you do. You're a mother. Of course. I had a Jewish mother at that. Of course. I'm a Jewish mother. I've got this perfect little thing. And he's he's so empathetic and like kind. Sometimes we'll go to listen to music and I'll go, what do you want to listen to? Let's listen to a song you want to listen to. I'm like, what four-year-old says that? None. You are a lucky future partner for this little special being. Um, he, he is so he just turned four, right? He just turned four. Just turned four. His birthday party was wonderful. I mean, a celebration. A celebration of a celebration. We had a, a magician. Yes. Um, which was wonderful. Uh, and I, the response about him is up and down. We've got some hardcore fans, and we've got some no thank yous. I I saw the no thank yous in real time. <clears throat> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I had too much on my plate. I was holding my baby. I was laughing my head off. I couldn't believe this man was, he lit a fire on a dollar or something in the middle of my living room. He was making boomer jokes that were not landing for everyone, no. but landing very hard for others. What an interesting, what an interesting performance he gave us. Yeah. Did you get a lot of feedback on him? I got just a few friends who either were, that was the funniest thing I've seen in my life, or I hated every second of that. And that's fun. You know, he should know how polarizing the reviews around his performance. Absolutely. It felt like, a, honestly, it felt like a scene from The Office because it was like, it, some people were loving it, some people not so much, but it was so, it was such a fun experience and you were having so much fun. I'm so like dying. just watching you was was more fun than anything he was doing. Like I mean, me and Neil and I are magic. We're magic heads. We love it. We love every. Oh, second. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, and I'll tell you what. We went on our first date post baby to this guy. His name is Dennis Watkins, and he does magic downtown at the Palmer House Hotel. Okay, he does this magic show. Shout out! It's amazing. So I got Neil a surprise Valentine's Day gift. Because Neil is a magic head. And I said, we're going to this show. We go see the show. It's amazing. Afterwards, this gaggle of 50-something women come up to me. Neil's in the bathroom. And they go, where's... And they know Neil's name because he was called up on stage to do a trick, of course. And they're like, where's Neil? We didn't even watch the magic show. We just watched Neil. He is so funny. He is so... Oh, my God. What an audience member. He comes out of the bathroom and they're like... Acting like he was the damn show because he is so expressive. He when he is into something, it's one of the best things in the world to watch his joy. He is an adult man with like the joy of a child. And these 50 something gals were up in his grill. And I said, Sisters, you gotta come with us to Six Flags this summer. <laughs> you see this man on a roller coaster, there's nothing better in the world. Okay, you said a lot of things that have got me really happy. I love Six Flags, and if you guys go, even with the kids... You still ride rides? Yes, of course. Okay, then you and Neil can go, because I can't do it anymore. Wonderful. Some of I... I can do a wooden one, for sure. I love a big drop. But an upside down? Not anymore. No, oh, yeah, my head is going to explode. You and Neil can sit together, and I'll, I'll hold the kids. And everybody, everybody's pulling off of the Six Flags train, and I need everyone to do the, op the opposite. I need to... Oh, we'll double down. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, good, good. 
Does, is he interested in learning magic? Oh, of course. So he knows magic too. Not not as much. He's more interested in the show. Our our dear friend TJ Shanoff works at the Magic Lounge in Andersonville, an incredible theater. Have you been? I've been by. Okay, you've got to go inside. It's spectacular. It's like velvet and oh, it's it's a wonderful night where you get where dressed up. It's on Clark, right? Like a block south or so of like Andersonville Prime. On Clark, Anderson Prime. Well, the reason here's the reason you don't know because it's like a secret entrance. And look, they pretend they pretend it's a laundromat, and you walk in and there's fake washers and dryers, and then somebody opens the door. It's like a speakeasy, sneaky vibe. It's so cool, and then you go inside, and it's velvet, gold. It's so spectacular, Tom. You have to go. I'm going today. So TJ Shanoff, my business partner and friend, is the piano player there. So we've gone a few times, and it's a great show. And before the show starts, they have people, magicians coming around and doing table side. And they're... Like guac at Adobo Grill? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that, Tom, because that was Neil's job. On the border Mexican girl at Cantina, he made table side guac. <laughs> Which oh. is why we celebrated Cinco de Mayo so hard. We had our own guac expert. Oh, my God. I know. Anyway, you've got to get to the Magic Lounge or the Magic Parlor. Both of these are phenomenal experiences. And what about the one that's in Boys Town? It's like super, super small. Have you seen that one? No. There's one where it's like... Oh, wait, yeah. I've performed there. Somebody had... I mean, not magic, improv. But yeah, somebody was doing a partnership there. Yes, that is a cool space too. They're all great. You get a little dressed up and you have... So I had to get... (laughs) When I was pregnant with my second baby, I had gestational diabetes, which is as fun as it sounds. Mm -hmm. And I had to give myself shots of insulin in my pregnant belly. And I had to do it at the Magic Lounge. I'll tell you what. I had to bring that little (laughs) insulin with me. And I said, well, here we go. What am I going to do? You say, let's watch me make this insulin disappear? I did. I said, watch this insulin. Watch this needle disappear into my (laughs) flesh. Everyone gather around. Hear ye, hear ye. I did not know that Neil was so into magic, and I'm definitely going to go there, and I'm going to take a picture if I find the right place. Okay, so well, my whole life has been about David Copperfield. And when I say whole life, I mean from the age of nine. I have been deeply in love with David Copperfield. He was a stud. Stud? I mean, I saw him on TV, all his specials, and then we went to see him at the Cleveland Playhouse. He came. And my dad bought me, you know, when they used to make like, when you would go to a show like that, they had like the big laminated thing you could buy. I have no idea what the word is for this. Anyway, it was like a souvenir that normally nobody would ever buy in my family. My dad knew how important. I slept with it under my pillow. I was in love with him. Wow. A couple of years ago, I'm like, we're going to Vegas for a weekend. We're going to see David Copperfield. So I get us tickets. He's at the MGM. And all of a sudden, I think to myself, I know a girl from college who works in Vegas. I haven't talked to her in 10 years, but I'm going to reach out. I send her a message. And she says, yeah, I work at MGM. And I said, oh, I'm going to see David Copperfield there tonight. And she said, why didn't you tell me I would have gotten you tickets? I said, well, we haven't talked in 10 years. I am. Yep. forgot a- forgot about you until I was here. Sure. He got us back. <sighs> 
So we see the show. It's spectacular. He has, I mean, the charisma is unparalleled. He's so good. He's still dreamy. Okay. And yes, it's got to be a wig. It's got to be a wig, a good wig. I'm not mad. We go backstage. We do the meet and greet. It couldn't be more awkward. <laughs> we have photos of him. It, it, the pose is so funny. He looks like he's in pain touching our shoulders. Perfect. And I say to him, David Copperfield, when I was on stage at Second City, there was a picture of you. He came to the show, and there's a picture of him with the cast of Absolute Best Freaking Time of Your Life. So it's like people we know. And it's like Beth Malusky, that cast. Yeah, yeah. He's in the middle of them. He's backstage in the green room. And I would look at it every night and go like, can you imagine what if David Copperfield gets celebrities come to Second City? Yeah, of course. So I was always like trying to put it out there, secret this. He never came. I say to him, I tell him about the picture and he goes, I've never been to Second City. And I was like, but you, you're literally in a picture at Second City. And he's like, no, that's wrong. I was, I've never been there. And his assistant looks at me and she goes, Has my he forget? Like she tried oh. to justify it. And I was like, What the f It was such a bizarre meeting, but does not take away from how spectacular he is. And my love only only deepened. Wow. So what it was definitely him though, at the Second oh, City. Uh, yeah. I top I called or texted Beth and was like, Did I make that up? Was that a fever dream of mine? And she told me the whole story. He came. They, he came backstage. They met him. It was, I mean, 100%. And that was like Mary Sullen and Tim Baltz. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Mm. It was all of our role models got to meet wow. my friends. He has no memory of it. What, was there any part of you? Because when you said that he was never there, I was like, somehow this is magic related. It's like somehow magic related that he can have pictures of places he's never been. <laughs> <laughs> what an illusion. Oh my gosh. A hologram of himself went. Wow, wow, wow. Um, okay, so <clears throat> I need to see that picture if and when you ever find it. Absolutely. Um, it was the fascination with him, was it like like young crush, or was it just like I'm I'm fascinated with everything that you're doing? All of it, the whole package. Okay. Young crush. I mean, he's like, you know, tan with this dark hair and he just looked really unlike anyone I knew. The magic got me. The specials. There's a YouTube video that the late 90s played at a show once to open up the show because I will never shut up about it. It's one of those ones where he like makes you point to an image and then he goes like, go two to the left. Mm -hmm. He does this trick with you. He's on screen. You're at home. And the math of it just like works every time. In Mm -hmm. the math problem, you know, but there's like a picture of a sun. And a mm-hmm. cloud and whatever. And I remember it from childhood and just thinking that this is the most magical thing that could ever happen. He knows me. He sees me. We are connected. <clears throat> the, I mean, the performance level, he's just, and he still is just as spectacular. There's nobody like him. He's got a ton of charisma and confidence and showmanship. That's yep. very showmanship. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. I remember the very first time I did that, that thing that he did on the screen in the specials and I got it. And I was like, this was like, I was super young. And this was at the time where I was like, I wasn't, I knew some, I knew I was feeling feelings towards men, but I wasn't yeah. quite sure what was going on. So I, I, that happened and it was just me. And I was like, he loves me. 
Like yeah. this is this is something he and I have done together. Yes. And he did it for me. Yes. And then the next time me and my sister did it and I did it wrong and she did it right. And I was like, why are you stepping on my man? Like you felt the betrayal. Uh, it was you, you came for my man in front of me. And <laughs> I, you know, that was, that was rough. That was my first. I time. know. I hear you. I mean, he really does have that power. And I don't feel that way about most people. I'm not really swept up by celebrity. I'm not really that impressed by most people. Celine Dion and David Copperfield, really, that, that's it for me. Oh. You've got something otherworldly. Meryl? I mean, she's incredible, but she's not. she doesn't give me goosebumps. Ooh, I'm sure. I saw Celine. Emma Pope, who you mentioned, we went to see Celine Dion together. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Really? Why? She's she's got it. She's got it. She sounded better than she did on the radio 20 years ago, singing the same fucking song. She's so talented in a way that you're just like, this is so much better than everyone else. Yeah. That, I am a hardcore Celine head. I, uh, yeah. So I, Celine, I get, oh my God, this is another thing. This is, this is speaking and acting like a big old FOMO. Uh, when I was younger with my grandma, we our, our favorite song used to be the one with her and Barbara Streisand. Of course. And I was like, and I call I call my, I don't know why, but we call our grandparents like grandmother and grandfather. A formal. So I was like, yeah, yeah we're, you know, we, we, we know each other a little bit. Um, but it would be like, grandmother, can we play um, Barbara We play Barbara Streisand. That's a short game. That's like a three-minute game. I've played over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and we had it on vinyl. <laughs> As it was intended to be heard. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But that, I mean, that was a good song. But she's so kooky. I'd Sometimes I'm like... I... Well, that's what, for me, that's the part, that's part of the whole pack. Part of the she's whole pack. She's deranged. She is an eccentric through and through. Her interviews are that of a, a lunatic. And then you see her on stage and she you can tell that she just like works so hard to be as good as she is physically, vocally. And now she's ill. She can't perform right now. What's better? She has a very weird, rare disease called like, no joke, it's called like wooden man's leg or something. <laughs> That's right. It's like stiff person's disease or something. Stiff person's disease. Wooden man's leg was close. I was close. You, that's another thing. That's for pirate. <laughs> that sounds like a FOMO disease. She can't move. She has spasms. Something horrible is going on. And I feel horrible for her. And I selfishly feel really blessed that I got to see her because it was life-changing. How long ago? This was right before the pandemic. This oh, was wow. Like January. Yep. We just got in. I feel like a lot of folks had this into like unintended subconscious intuition of which I guess is what intuition is uh, of something coming because I feel like a lot of people got like big things in before the pandemic and I, that feels like a blessing in a certain way to like let me let me go out big before go out swinging yeah before we we shut it down yeah I, where, where was Celine was she in Vegas she came here baby she came oh, she came to Illinois to the United oh. Center. Wow. Have you seen her car carpool karaoke? I have. That is, I think, the most egregious. But I don't like that. But I don't like him. Hard pass. No, Hard thank you. 
Pardon. Oh, thank you. What? It's not name? James Corden. Corden. No, thank you. He is a no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, she, yeah, she's a lunatic in that, but <clears throat> that was one of my favorite showings of her because it's you can't edit around that. It's just no. it's what you have. You know, you're in the car. I just was telling the story. One of my favorite clips I'll send you from YouTube. She's being interviewed a lot. This is like 20 years ago. And it's just a clip of her talking about how music affects her. And she says that when she was little, her siblings <laughs> would try to, instead of saying like, okay, this is, she goes, so instead of saying like, mama, my, my sister was like, mama. Or, or they would take a name instead of saying like, Claudette, there was, Claudette. And it, and it touched me. That is the clip. She is trying. She's expressing how much music and tone affected her, and she would cry, and her siblings saying, and I have watched it 7,000 times because it's insane, but it's also just like, Salim, I get it. Yeah. I feel that hard, and I get it. Folks who can do that sort of thing, like with your, they can catch stuff with your ear like that is, and be able to like, register it i don't know it's otherworldly it's you know like with meryl meryl too the way that she can sort of pick up on an accent or like a dialect or whatever I you reference her as if you know her meryl 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 might be my celine i i'm happy for you for that yeah <clears throat> i i've always really loved her but then i saw uh postcards from the edge i don't even know what that is oh kenny Klein, buckle up <laughs> so postcards from the edge is a book is carrie fisher's debut novel oh uh, i think it's a novel or a memoir i can't quite remember but it's about her relationship with her mom debbie Al. for sure yes but it's fictionalized and meryl street plays it and it's a woman who has issues who is a it is carrie fisher sure um and it is so incredibly witty and funny and it's if you ever see saw the the clip of meryl where she's like in a cop's outfit and she's like hanging from the side of the building and she's like holding on to the ledge and then at some point she just goes like oh, like like she lets go and it, it, it's but it's like she, it's a set and she's on a set and she's like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know i can't it's i'm not explaining it well but it is so funny and i saw that and then doubt back to back oh sure and i was like i just i there's nothing i can do i'm a slave to this woman what was the movie that came out that I feel like not everybody watched where it's like... Um, oh, God, there's so many. Adam McKay, I think, wrote it. It's like about... The, Don't look up. I thought she was spectacular in that one. I mean, this I'm saying this like this is groundbreaking. She's fucking Meryl Streep. But nobody talked about that movie, and I loved every second of it. I think it was a little too on the nose for just everything sure. that was going on. It was literally like... It was just on the nose, I think. Okay, fair. But... Yeah. Your girl was great. She was great. Really I, fun to watch. I liked everybody in that, except for Leo. I, I know that I, Leo, to me, we just never quite connected. That's right, because I'm a Leo stan. And, uh, yeah, and he got his, we got, he, we got him his uh, Academy Award. We used to watch the Oscars together all the time. That's right. And I, we have to get back into public mm, viewings. Yeah, I finally did watch Everything Everywhere all at once, How did it uh, which we were going to watch together. And I'm actually happy that I ended up watching it by myself because I had to rewind a lot. Really? It moved too fast? No, I'm maybe just a little too dumb. 
oh, hey, that's not fair. I think that this is good, you know, user feedback. You should tell tell somebody that. Oh, I've told Michelle. I've pulled her aside. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, it was, it, it, I, I say that in jest, but also there's like, I I think how people can hear things and, and in tune to them, there's, when there's like small gestures or small movements or whatever, I like to watch it over and over again because it's, it's like a thing in acting where it's like, if your lip curls in a way, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know. There's like movements that I get obsessed with versus sounds maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So like, um, I can't... you should watch Castaway. Oh, I love Castaway. I love Castaway. I love, I don't like when he knocks his tooth out. Though. I don't like that. No, stressful. You can fast forward that part. But I think him alone and like the acting he does by himself with that kind of stuff, you're just like, yeah, okay, fair, Tommy. Mm-hmm. This is really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I I'd... mean it. And there's something Meryl always does. Is she, she always will like sort of lick her lips. Like, she'll do that sort of thing. And I love it. And Tom Hanks, uh, you know, everybody always says, but he's like famous for, you can see him thinking. Like, yes. His thing. And it, that's big in, in uh, Castaway. It's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And you got to give it up. But you know what people didn't talk about? The Robert Redford movie where he's alone on a boat. Sure it was not. so good. He, I didn't see it. Nobody did. <laughs> but Neil and I watched it. And afterwards we said, well, why isn't anybody talking about this? This movie is so good. And he is alone on a boat. And it is a similar performance where you're just like, damn, he is spectacular. All is lost. Sure. Yeah, 2013. It was nominated for an Oscar. I know that. It was so good. I mean, it's Robert Redford. Hello? But, like, he's alone and nobody gave him enough discussion. No. We were were doing other things that year. What were were the um, 2013 awards? 2013? God, what happened in 2013? Oh. Not much for me. Not much for me. 2013. (laughs) Uh, you and uh, I were probably drunk together in 2013. I was on the ship. For a whole year? But during the Oscars. Okay, so you were drunk away from me. Oh, Les Mis. Ugh. And Argo. That was that year. Oh. And Lincoln. And Silver Linings Playbook. Ugh, God, that's a rough year for me. Personally, with those, no thanks. No a lot thanks. A lot of passes. A lot of passes. Silver, Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, these are a lot of big hitters. Beast of the Southern Wild. The master, the sessions. God, it that was a hard one to hard to uh, get in there. Yeah, they should have bumped it a year. Twenty fourteen was a shithole. They should have just <laughs> <laughs> it was Scooby Doo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I do love those movies where it's very, um, very, uh, where it's very actor reliant. And uh, did you ever watch Buffy or? Um, yeah, well, did you watch Buffy? No. What about X Files? Yeah, sure. So there's an episode in the revival episode. So the two seasons of revival. Okay. Yeah. There's one where they're at like a sushi robot restaurant. Sure. And it, there's almost no talking in the entire episode, and it's it's fantastic. And it, it they both have like this weird experience in a restaurant, and then they both go home alone. Scully is sort of like haunted by her smart house, and it's. It's just acting. And in Buffy, there's an episode where it's completely silent for 50 minutes. It, you know, 
and you don't forget this shit. Did, now, are you a no. Sorkin head or no? I am, yes, very much. Okay, so did you see the Steve Jobs movie? Yes, ma'am. Okay, because for me, yeah, that one was <laughs> like, th- that felt like a play. Absolutely. And it was so, I was so into that. And I just forgot about it until right now. And I loved it. It was very good, but that got lost in the shuffle, too. Everybody needs an award to know that it was uh, good. I'd like to know what of this, and Sorkin will know. Oh yeah, yeah, what yeah. It meant to me. Sorkin yeah, is Sorkin. tuning in. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Studio Sixty? No. Uh, I guess I'm not that hardcore of a Sorkin head. Well, that's what got me into Sorkin. I know that he did West Wing and all that, but I didn't tune in until then. I You're love West- Studio. I, I I went back. Okay, I mean, my God, West Wing. There's a lot of West Wing alumni in it. Oh God, West Wing really was everything. It was everything. And what a cast. What a cast. Oh. Are they trying to do a revival? I feel like they did something for charity. They did like a stage reading or a play or something. Mm, pass. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> you do hate giving, and we know that. And Look, okay. it's not my thing. It's not my it's thing. better to just say it outright and let everybody I'd rather take. I'd rather take. Well, I've given the choice. My God. Yeah, the choice, yeah. Well, so what about you? Do you have... So the way that I'm like looking for like movements and stuff, what is it? Do you think you sort of are drawn into a certain? I mean, all of it. So I have. This sounds made up, but a neurologist did diagnose me with having a sensitive brain. Really? Okay. What does that mean? I have just like a really high sensitivity, and everything is a thing for me. Really? So it started because I faint sometimes. If I hit my knees or my elbows, I go black. What? And I thought that everybody had this because it's like your funny bone. And I always assumed if, if anybody hits their knee or their elbow, they also go black. It turns Reset. out that's not true. But my nervous system goes, oops, a doodle, too much, shut it down. And I have fainted enough times. And when I faint, I have a little seizure. And this happened at the doctor's office when I was getting blood drawn. I fainted and seized. It happened in college when I got my cartilage pierced. And now, have I not told you this, Tom? I drank oh. 32 ounces of a Polar Pop from the gas station. Sure. Big into Polar Pop back then. Diet Coke, 32 ounces, okay? I get my cartilage pierced, and in my head, I'm like, man, I got to pee. But I'll wait till I'm done so I can go to the bathroom, kill two birds. I'll look at the piercing and pee. I went down, full seizure, peed all 32 of those ounces out into my jeans and the tattoo parlor in Bloomington, Indiana. I apologize. Um, but anyway, I was at the doctor. I got blood drawn, fainted, seized. I come to the nurse goes, oh, hell no. What the fuck was that? And I said, you freaked a nurse out? She said, you went green. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I said, well, now you're the medical professional, so maybe you tell me. Yeah, I should not be the one answering these questions. Because I don't have an answer. And the doctor said, you got to go to a neurologist. So I did a sleep-deprived EEG. Is that what it's called? EEG. And you know what got me through? I had to stay up the whole night. Sleep. They want you to be sleep-deprived for the test so that you can sleep during the test. Because they want to like oh. look at your brain. And I watched all of Pretty, pretty, little, pretty Big Lies. What was it called? Oh. With Nicole Kidman. Oh, that- I thought we were going down Pretty Little Liars territory and I was going to have to hang out. Um, no. Big, big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. I watched the whole thing. I stayed up all night. It was amazing. Meryl again? Meryl again? That show, I mean, I, thank God for that show. It got me through the whole night. Good. And then I went into the neurologist. They did the test. 
I don't have epilepsy, nothing's wrong. And okay. the neurologist asked me a series of questions and he was like, are you really jumpy? Yes. If somebody walks in the room, I mean, Neil scares the shit out of me 10 times. <laughs> Accidentally. He's, he's not allowed to play pranks on me anymore. <laughs> because I have a sensitive brain. So all these different things. I can't look at like a black computer with white writing. That makes like if, and it blows my mind that people have this as their default setting on their phone. Black screen, white writing. Oh no. Oh, Alex Chuka. Oh, a lot of people, it turns out, because they'll send me a screenshot. And I say, babe, I, I go, I don't. <laughs> anyway, all to say, I'm a, just a sensitive person. Everything affects me at a 12, which is an exhausting way to go through life. But also, you know, it is what it is. So I'm I'm noticing everything. <laughs> really? Thinking about it, taking it in. My curse in life is that I do remember every face that I have ever seen. And it is yeah. hard for me to watch a movie without pausing to go on IMDb because sometimes I have to put together. I cannot enjoy media if I'm like, I know her from something. Why do I know her? I have to solve that puzzle or I cannot be present for the film. Thank you so much for saying that. I watched a movie last night with my friend and I did the exact same because I am the same way. If I know what to do, I have to because it's a one. I have to know if I'm right. Of course. And it's it's like an it, it's an itch. It's an itch that you're not itching. It is so strong, and I have, like, flash memories of it, so I'll be like, okay, okay, what I'm picturing, he, it's a, like, a, it's a period piece, mm -hmm. and I can see him on a horse, and he's got a ponytail. What is it? And if my brain can't get in it, then thank God for IMDb, and I can mm -hmm. go down my rabbit hole and figure it out. But it can be challenging, because you, either I have to make people stop so I can look, or I miss half the film, because I'm searching. Yeah, it's the one that we did last night was uh, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy and young Peter Quill was played by the actor, the kid actor who did Stanley in the new It. And wow. I was like, I saw that face and I was like, that's got to be him. That's got to be him. And it was. And it was absolutely him. You it, knew it. I, that happens to me all the time. And it's the same thing where it's like, maybe I can get the period piece thing. But again, it's a movement. It's like, yeah. um, and what I thought of when I saw this kid was, his his mouth gets really small when he's encountering the painting in it. Do you remember that? I'm not watching that mess. Oh, you're not watching it? No. Isn't that a a killer clown? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I absolutely know. Oh, okay. Well, it is terrifying. But uh <laughs> there's an abstract painting that he's afraid of that like he turns around one day and it's out of the painting and right in front of him. <laughs> um <clears throat> so I remembered like his mouth get getting really small. Um, so and that and that'll haunt if you can't place it at all. And this is a curse in real life for me, where I just encounter. It just happened. I saw a man at a show, and I said, "Who, who the fuck was that?" We it was gone. He was gone. I couldn't do anything. And it was two days of me digging around on Instagram trying to figure it out. I did finally figure it out. I woke up in the middle of a yoga class. At the end of the yoga class, we were in final shavasana. I'm lying flat on my back, and I <laughs> audibly went. <clears throat> Because I thought of where, where I knew him from. Mm. And it does feel just absolutely tremendous when you saw Such that. a reward. Such a reward. And there's so few in life. I know. It is one of those things, though, where, like, when that happens, I literally feel like it's the Matrix, you know, in the gun room. Yes. Where it's all the people zooming by you because it's like, what faction of my life are you from? Yes. And sometimes I'll be in New Jersey, but I'll see somebody from, uh, like, Chicago or when I lived in Rhode Island or 
is, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yes. you're, uh, you know, a Scooby-Doo character in a Looney Tune. It's like, yeah. I, I need to figure out like this, something's not right. It's really, really tricky. And because I teach so much and I meet so many people and their brains are forever stamped in my head. So it's just adding to my list mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's do, you, hard to... do you usually get it? Oh yeah, for sure. It'll just take yeah. a few days sometimes. And I, yeah. it is, it's like playing a game where you like slide the head over to match a new body. And mm-hmm. you're like, did I teach you? Did I work for you? Were you a dentist? No. And you, you try on different outfits on the person in your head yeah. to be like, yeah. Did I know you when you were sitting? Did I know you when you were walking? And oh, interesting. That's like a try it like on. A, it's like a uh, who? Guess who? Yes, it's like guess who mixed with this game. I had a, a thing where you had. Did you ever have that thing where you put a piece of paper on top of like an a raised piece of plastic and you rub it with a crayon? Yes. So I had that, but it was like a head, a body, feet, and you could swap it out. Mm-hmm. It's like that in my head. So you just swap out the different parts until you until you get there. That's a fun game. It is a fun game. And then you can just play it all day by yourself. You just ride the train and you look at someone and you're like, shit, I know you why. And mm-hmm. then you start the game. And so what other sensitive brain stuff comes up that is that is either fun or not so far? I mean, I, I just think, and it's funny now with my kids, because I'm like, Gus is a deep feeling kid. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's it's hard. <laughs> you suck. It's hard to feel things so greatly. I, just, I talked about it with somebody recently about like, I have never, I have never seen like a Broadway musical and not been crying from the second the orchestra starts playing. Immediate well really? of a swell of emotion tears are coming out like the the abundance the grandiose nature of it is Mm -hmm. like i'm crying and it's always been like that didn't you and i with some group see uh first wives club absolutely that is one of my bad and i'm sure i was crying i loved it well it was i mean i loved it because i love everything but it was not what we thought it was. No, no, no. I, I, I did end up liking it, and there was like a camp and a cheese to it, but it was not what I think we expected walking in. I um, think we sh- they shouldn't have tied it so closely to the movie because that's setting yourself up for failure. It was nothing like the movie. It was very different. The ending, we all died laughing because we were waiting for the big song, You Don't Own Me, and it wasn't. It was a weird Motown generic song that made us all laugh hysterically. It should have been called Women Who Saw First Wife Club. <laughs> Just like women who had seen the movie at some point in their life. Well, probably like this. It's like a Netflix recommendation of like, you liked First Wives Club, you'll probably like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bronson Pinchot is not in it, but you're still mm-hmm. going to have fun. Um, So I don't feel that way towards musicals. And maybe it's because I, I've always wanted to be able to sing and I cannot. So when there's live music, especially if I'm close to someone singing, I can't look, them, I can't look at them. I have to look at the ground. It's like embarrassing for me. Sure, sure, sure. I get that. Do you? I do. I feel the embarrassment with certain things. Yes. Stressful. I don't like to see stand-up. I get stressed out with stand-up. No. I want to... I just want to hug them when it's not going the the way, you know? (laughs) (laughs) When it's not going the way. I get... Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And my dad doesn't like watching improv for that exact reason. Yeah, I don't know. Really? I mean, I think he's seen me maybe two times in my tenure 
yeah. 13, 14 year. How, how, I, it's best to not time. think. It's best to not think because I don't I think it's think 10 too years. Big. And then I go, it's well, definitely been more than 10 years. In the amount of time I've been doing improv as a career at this point, and he's like hard pass, the anxiety is so high. And I'm like, I get it, man. Yeah. That, that feeling is mm-hmm. that strong. It's when real. you worry about someone on stage, you don't want to worry. No, 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 no. And it's the same thing. Like I remember in, um, I went to a performing arts high school and we were learning acting all day, every day. And I remember during one thing, somebody dropped something and the scene just kept going. And my teacher was like, if you drop something, if it's an accident, you got to pick it up. Cause once you drop something, that's all anyone's looking at, which is so true. And that happens to me all the time now where it's like, if somebody kicks a chair or whatever, I'm like, fix the chair. It's not where it's supposed to be. We're, um, yeah. You're taken out of it. Cause you're <laughs> thinking about it. That's a really good point. I wouldn't have even, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a really good point to have yourself distracted by. Yeah, oh my God. The same thing with like moving. Like, I I don't know if you ever see this in improv, but when people, or just in acting, when they say you shouldn't move unless you're, unless there's a reason for that movement. So if if you walk towards someone and then back up and then walk towards them again, it's like, that's not purposeful movement. Oh yeah. I remember that. I took one acting class. I took two semesters of an acting class. My teacher's name was Scott. Perky pile. What? Can you imagine? That was his name. Have you Googled him? No, I haven't. Do you think I made it? Perky pile? Perky pile. (laughs) Did you guys call? Did you make fun of it at the moment? (laughs) I honestly, I don't remember 95% of the class. The only thing I remember him saying is that Irish accents, he said Irish accents are in the back of your mouth and Scottish accents are in the front of your mouth. And I had, that's the only thing I remember. Him Those are really good accents. Well, Scott Perky Pile. Well, you got the Perky Pile method. <laughs> I have a dear friend who works at Indiana University, and I should have her look through the records to see. I did ever look up another teacher that I had, and I thought, is this a fever dream or not? It was an older gentleman, and the class, no joke, was called Aspen, colon, life, community, and something. And it was a whole <laughs> seminar about like Aspen. And I was like, did I make this up? What could that possibly have been? Like the, the, the town? The town. Hmm. We talked about Goethe, the writer, philosopher. Who the fuck was Goethe? I don't know, but do you know there's a street here that's spelled G O E T H E? That's him. And that's him? That's him. Well, I don't know if, I mean, it's the same name. That's how he spelled it. Wow. That's, what is that, German? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. It's got to be. Got to be. Um, is so, anyway. it, did Perky Pile, is that where your interest in like? No, not at all. I don't even know why I took that class. I was not doing any acting ever. I just was like, yeah, sure, I'll fill my schedule. I've had a great time with Perky Pile. I don't remember a thing. But I didn't do anything until after college. I went to see... No, I was working at the, the the law firm before I quit, and I mm-hmm. said, "How do adults meet other adults? What do you? How do you make friends?" And I thought about a time when I went to camp in like the fifth grade. An improv group came to my camp, and I remembered it. It did cement something in my head. I remember they played party quirks, mm. and one of the actors got a box of macaroni and cheese. And he came to the party, knock, knock, knock. First words out of his mouth, he goes, hey, 
Hey, thanks for having me. Can I have a quarter cup of milk and two tablespoons of butter? <laughs> Tom, I was in the fifth grade and I locked that in. And I said, that is the smartest thing I have ever seen in my life. And I didn't know what improv was. I didn't know anything. I just knew that that man had done something that was straight up incredible. Hilarious. And 20 years later, I took an improv class and I hope to do that man proud. I have no well, idea who he is. Is David Copperfield. Well, <laughs> <laughs> David Copperfield. And he said, good job, Katie. <laughs> and when, yeah, okay. oh, God. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, that's a core memory. That's a core memory oh, for you. deep. I mean, I, well, it did. It lit up something in my brain. And I was like, that was so fun and cool that he just did that. And if Have, I give one child a gift, I'm gonna try. I gotta play party quirks. <laughs> I don't do enough short form. I gotta get back into short form to inspire a child. Oh, short form is. I feel like it's looked down on by like the improv community, but it always wins. It always wins. It's a slam dunk, and if you do it right, then you I should th- be proud of it. I think if you do it right, it's just so formulaic. It's so formulaic, and it's yeah. We did it so much on the ship, and I was terrible at it. And I would give the worst answer, and people would lose their mind. And I'm like, I don't deserve this applause, but I'll take it. Did you do improv Acadia? No, I did not get in. You did? No, you didn't get in. You tried it? No. Mm-hmm. They said, no, thank you. I got cut on the first round. Oh, God. Wow. Oh, you know what they did, actually? Because it was the thing where it's like, it's, a, it's like 10 people, and then they call they call you out and you leave as you go right i don't remember so the audition was like if it's 10 people you'll do a scene and then they'll be like you you and you you can go thank you oh Oh, yeah and it's it's the route and maybe it's not this but this was one that i did and they went like it was 10 people and they'd be like you you and you you can go yes and they're like and also you (laughs) so i thought i was in and then they're like but actually you should you can go but I was, I'm not, I'm not good at musical improv, oh. so I was, there was never, I never had a shot. But you did it, didn't you? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, and those that, audiences, they're living. I mean, they're, living. they're absolutely living for it. So Improv Acadia was, for anybody who's listening who may have unnoticed, can you explain it? Because I, I have a very small. Yeah, so there's a theater in Bar Harbor in Maine. It's a small, like a vacation town. It's incredible. Bar Harbor is spectacular. Um. Acadia, Maine is so breathtakingly beautiful. It's like from a photograph. The pine trees, the blue water, it's incredible. And there's this little theater called Improv Acadia, and they do short form, and it's like family friendly. And they would hire a lot of people from Chicago to come, and you would go for like two weeks and do improv there. Mm -hmm. Very like summertime fun thing. And I was very fortunate to do it with my then boyfriend, now husband. So I kind of had my rock with me. A lot of people have had different levels of experience mm-hmm. there. And I got uh, lucky that I went with someone closely connected to me. Not everyone had a good time. Not everybody had a good time there. I, I think it was sort of an intense experience. But from our perspective, those, the, the non-chosen, um, the unchosen, it was like, you're famous. You've gotten like the best gig there is to get. Oh, well, sure. I can see how you might feel. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the same thing, like, you know, whenever somebody got picked for something that meant you could get paid, it was like, 
oh, your, of course. you're a superstar. And it was, you know, and early in your career, it was. You were paid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was incredible. And you got to hike all day and then do shows at night. And it was it was incredible. And now those short form audiences are eating it up. And there's it up. It's beautiful. Did you do comedy sports? I did comedy sports when I lived in DC. Oh, that's right. And Neil did it here, right? No, he and never did. He never did the um like the the We did Laugh Out Loud together. Laugh Out Loud is still a theater out in Schaumburg, and it's short form. That I remember. Great fun. I thought he did one of their, like, in, like the summer teams or something. Maybe. Maybe. I thought I I did one that. audition here. So I did it in D.C., and I loved it. It was very casual, very laid back. It was at the Ballston Mall. In the mall, there was a theater. It was so much fun. Oh, good. Okay. Then I came to Chicago, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll see if I can, like, transfer. And they said, no, but you can audition. And I said, all right. And I ha- it was the worst experience ever. It yes. was horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up to bottom, bad. So I said, okay, different vibe, not for me. Different vibe, not for me. <laughs> I I did do that a little bit, and I had friends who got really into it. Um, and th- I think it involves a lot. There has to be a, a good amount of whimsy in it. Oh, yeah. And I don't think I'm whimsical. I'm not oh, you're, whimsical. You're too serious. I'm too serious. But I saw, I'll tell everyone that I saw Thora Birch, your improv team, um, a million years ago at the Upstairs Gallery. And I remember watching the three of you and thinking, oh my God, this is the best improv that anybody could see. It was so spectacular. Thank you. It was, I don't know if it was good improv, but it was very fun. It was good improv. Are you kidding? And Drew was so serious and committed. I mean, it was, oh. Well, we performed with your team several yeah, months. Sit times. still. Sit still, with Brianna Baker and Fred. Uh, Fred, um, and you guys. I remember you all dressed up in like fifties attire. We would, yeah, we would do like different themes and get a little fancy, and we. And you had Barbie and... episodes. Yeah, that sounds about right. You had like Barbie YouTube videos. We did. Oh my God! Yeah, mm-hmm. we would do the voices. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, we were real. That was early Chicago. Like, let's, well, how much can we make? How much? Mm-hmm. Can we and we, that's when we used to perform at the Crocodile, the underground. Yeah, I think. Get pizza. You, with every cocktail you ordered, you got a free pizza. And it was good pizza. It was good pizza. And I didn't drink very much then, but I was very poor. So I was like, may I have the cheapest drink that you have, please? And, and a free pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, and that was. I really enjoyed playing there, but it was literally like you were downstairs of a bar and there, it was a bar that okay. people were sitting at and drinking oh, yeah. and the show just so happened to be going on. Yes. And you can imagine why people hate improv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do remember like with Laura Birch, I love them so much, but not no but. I love them so much. And we just sort of got pulled apart. But I just remember like the big before each show, Drew would be like, let's not make each other girls let's all play men and let's try to be serious and let's try to do this and then he'd walk onto the stage and be like all right girls get in here <laughs> and we'd be like all right drew whatever oh um, we can have goals you know but it would always it always worked in our favor where it was like oh the best where it's like okay let's not do that and then all of a sudden any sort of preconceived notion you have would be gone because you're actually improvising. You're like yeah. following the fun, Tom. You're following it the fun. back. It comes it's right fun back. Fun. You have yeah. to. Mm. Yeah. That was that was so fun. And at the, the upstairs lunch. Upstairs lunch, too. Or upstairs gallery. Upstairs gallery. 
underground lounge. Yeah, we were we were none of us were playing on the floor. The main floor. No, no, I don't like to be on number one. You gotta go up or down. You gotta go up or down. You know, I can't I can't be bothered on the first fucking floor. No, that's for pedestrian. It's for pedestrian. <laughs> I need an escalator or a pair of steps. This is totally unrelated to anything that we've been talking about, but I feel right. important to tell you. I may have already told you. But at Gus's party, you served crackers that have changed my life. Have I told you this? No. So I'm a very, very, very picky eater. And we'll go back to what we are talking about. But um, I'm going to buy these when I'm out. Uh, I, I eat very plain. I eat. Yes. Gus probably eats a more diverse. He has yeah, a more diverse palate really. than I do. Yes. Yeah. I'm eating like, like a plain butter cracker with maybe cheddar if it's not too sharp. Okay. Um, but you, you do had, eat Lunchables pizza. I remember you. I do eat Lunchables pizza. Yes, which was a shock to me. Just it's a shock temperature wise. I think the temperature of that meals is unthinkable. It's not. It's not a great experience, but mm-hmm. it's one I'll do. But you had you served rosemary and olive oil crackers from Aldi. I'm fucking hooked. We have to assume they were from Aldi. They are because I have. Were they sharp on the edge, like a little point? Like they're like long and thin, and the edge is like serrated. No, 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 no. no. That was like a saw blade. Yeah, yeah. No, no. This was oh, wave. Yeah, not that one. No, no. It was another one. Okay. I don't know, but I wouldn't be able to back correct. Okay, it was probably from a mixed box. Yeah, I know what you're talking. It changed my life. Um, because every so often I'll try something new and I've been on a diet recently because of the reasons that you go on a diet. And one of the dinners that I'll do instead is just a couple of cheese and crackers. And okay, I have to, (laughs) we can't, we don't have enough time for the diet culture moment. We do not, do not have time, but I will say I feel grateful to have passed along to you a new flavor cracker and go go where the cracker takes you i certainly will i certainly will it's look it's a whole new thing and i'm very happy for it I'm um happy for you katie klein um as we're rounding out the the, the conversation yeah i want to see if there's any advice you've ever been given or you have given that you feel is helpful to pass on to anybody who might be listening Oh God! I mean, I, no. For parenting, yes. Come to if if anybody has kids. I have so many thoughts and feelings. Please Great. email me. Um, as far as life goes, no. You gotta just figure it out. Nobody can give you advice on anything because everybody's different. Yeah, that's a cool. That's a good point. Every everybody's experience is so different. You know, you can have such a different take on a moment that happened even. So like who who's who knows anything about your life? Do you ever try to change your own mind on on something like uh like if you're thinking of a memory or a situation or something and you're like, oh this was purely bad or whatever. And then like years later try to think of it and be like, what can I pull from this? Like what can I what can I was I thinking about this maybe the wrong way or in a oh, different interesting. Yeah, I suppose I do that. I try like really, really, I remember my dad saying when I was a kid, like, nobody knows what happens behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. So like you may perceive something to be a certain way, but that's just how you think. You have no idea what people's marriages are like behind closed doors. You have no idea what somebody's relationship is with their mom mm-hmm. when people aren't watching. And that's really hard to have that kind of empathy for everybody to just mm-hmm. go through life with like, 
I don't want to get mad at this moment because I don't know what your life is. That's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. But it's certainly something I, especially with getting older and having kids, I'm really trying to like, if I think back on a moment of like hating someone or hating an interaction, really trying to say like, I don't know what they went through. I don't know what their life is. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. That's fucking hard. But it's certainly a good goal. It is hard, but I do think that's the way to go. I think no. I remember at a very young age learning like my parents would describe us like a situation and hearing both of their stories, I'd be like, oh. Oh. Because yeah. I would sometimes be there for those situations and be like, oh, none of what you guys said happened. Oh yeah. It's all your filter. It's how you filter everything with your perspective. And that is yeah. gonna be very different from someone else's. I think it was like a good lesson to learn early on, but um, now when stuff happens, I feel like I can see five versions of every situation. For sure. And it sometimes helps me with empathy, but then sometimes helps me to like decide because it's like, I, I can see every version of this. Oh, yeah. It's, ugh, it's, it's a lot, but I don't want to like, there's very few times where I'm like, this person's a true, utter asshole. Um, because you have to sort of assume positive intent most of the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, unless you've been burned enough times by someone where you say, "All right, we're just done here." Right, and, and I can hate you, and it's fine. Yeah, except and Donald Trump, I just I can't. I'm sorry. We can hate him. That's okay. we can hate him. You're probably not um, gonna have any direct interaction. So, like, whatever. Lord, I hope so. I hope <laughs> I don't. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like most of the time I try to find that, but it it is hard and it's tiring. But it is. I think it makes me a bit of a better person to yeah of course to release that that those yeah. feelings too and to like yeah yeah release the idea that like someone's mad at you or that you did something to like try really hard to be like this isn't about me it's about you that's a you problem you know those kind of things we tell ourselves are like certainly gonna make your day easier mm -hmm. do you you don't seem like someone who's afraid of confrontation are you no i'm not where's that come from um my family talked about everything we talked about everything. We were never like punished ever. We talked it through. <laughs> really? That's a for better or for worse. That is a it, it that's like a very I, a lot of my Jewish friends have that same upbringing. Is that a like a, a Jewish family I think it trait? Is. There's an episode of Frasier that I just quoted where Frasier is dating a Jewish woman and she and her mother get into this huge fight and then they make up and they hug and they move on. And Frasier and his dad are like why can't we do that? We harbor this resentment. It gets awkward. We've had these feelings for years. And it's a very funny tongue-in-cheek moment. But it's like, yeah, juice. <laughs> they have, I say everything that's on my mind at all times, which certainly has gotten me into trouble. Sure. But I also am able to, like, get it out and then hopefully, well, not all the time, some of the time we've passed it. But, like, yeah, there's a lot of communication in my house. I feel like, do you do that with Neil too? Well, is Neil Jewish? No. Absolutely not. But he's a great communicator. Well, I mean, Neil's just like a sweet baby angel. I mean, he's the, he's the best thing ever. But we're we're really focused on it with the kids. Like it's like yeah. we talk about things in this house. We don't go get mad for some so reason. Good. We talk about it. We figure it out so we can have coping skills. To, you know, whatever. But it's the talking, the community. I mean, like I mentioned, the letter writing. There was a lot of like, how can I get my feelings out of my head? Even if it goes on paper and nobody ever sees it, how can I like figure out how to articulate what I'm feeling? And sometimes that can take several rounds, several days. 
somebody asking you what's wrong and you say nothing three times and then you finally are like, okay, yeah, there is something wrong. But eventually it's got to come out. But I think that's what makes you an easy friend. It it, it it's um it doesn't feel like there's a, like um dancing around or eggshells or I feel like also I don't know I feel like I can tell you anything and and you'll you can. be you'll be open to that and that that's very freeing and I feel like we all have those people in our lives but I don't know it makes you an easy friend. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, of course. I'm always here. You tell me anything. I know you really are, and you're very. I mean, when I through that bottle of Chanel, you know, I I thought I was. I mean, you know, of the t- and I'm a, I'm a laugher. Okay, I laugh a lot. I find a lot of joy in this world. But when Tom gone said, "Don't talk to me about class," I'm wearing Chanel, threw a CVS plastic bottle over his shoulder with two wine bottles. The wine bottles fell through the plastic bag onto the ground of a parking garage, shattered. I thought I was going to die right then and there. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and to those listening, this was the Oscars with Adele Dazeem. So two hours after I have laughed the hardest I've ever laughed in my life, John Travolta says, Adele Dazeem, and I do not know how I survived that night. Those are two of the funniest things that have ever happened to me, and they were two hours apart. And the, I still have the video of you doing your your impression of Adele Dazeem. And you brought that around to a point that I forgot earlier, which I really appreciate. So we'll come back to that. But not only did those bottles crash, but they we were on a downward slope. So they immediately were like rushing down the hill of the parking garage. So it was like uh, the largest mess you could make. The largest mess after, don't talk to me about class. I'm wearing Chanel. With Tra- John Travolta. I mean, the night of a thousand laughs, my body ached from how hard I was laughing. That was good. And we were at Chelsea's apartment in the presidential. Yes. Course. You have to talk to Chelsea, too. She's in London. She's got a lot to say. Uh, well, well, absolutely. I'm going to talk to her. Um, that's a good point. So, yeah, that was an incredibly embarrassing. So that's in a moment where, like, depending on the friend group that I was with, I would have been probably so embarrassed or angry. I probably would have left. Oh, but God. that made me feel so like just like wrapped in bubble wrap because it could have been a hugely embarrassing moment, you know? Oh, it was spectacular. I mean, yeah. you don't get better than that. You don't get better than that. And that's, that's top funny. Top funny. So, okay, Adele Dazeem. And also about magic. Have you guys seen Mrs. Davis? No. So, have you heard of her? No. So, Mrs. Davis is a new show with. By David Lindelof, who did Lost and other things. That are- I'm a Lost freak. Great. So you do you know you know David Lindelof? I guess so. Yeah. So he wrote a lot of it. He he's good at a lot of the mystery. Not always good at the payoff. Okay. So that's okay. Um. So it's Betty Gilpin. Do you know her from Glow? Yeah. So she she's the lead in this. She is a nun. Okay. And she so stick with me. Because it's it's a lot. I mean, it's asking a lot of you up front. You had uh, me at none. I'm I'm in it. Okay, trying to fight and destroy an AI that controls the world. Okay, by finding and destroying the Holy Grail. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay, but it's a calm. It's a dramedy. Sure, sure. And she hunts down on the side to destroy magicians. Jesus. Because her family were magicians. And she also knows a little bit of magic. 
this it's a layer cake. It is it it is incredibly charming. It is Betty Gilpin is from the very first moment you see her, she does like the hero's entrance okay. and then does one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Just in terms of like what I look for in a performance. Mm-hmm. Um so watch it. Mm-hmm. But in one of the latest episodes, um he, her friend is talking about somebody and is like, you need to go see this person. They blah, 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 and they're wickedly talented. And I got chills and I would have texted you, but I was really high. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for waiting. And thank you for telling me now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so deep in my brain and my heart. It's and we it, talk about it a lot. The reason part of the reason it was so funny, obviously, he fucked up her name. It was insanity. But we watched it live. And so much of what we see and consume now is not live. It's later. People have already talked about it. You get sent a meme or a video and somebody sets it up with the anticipation that, like, it's going to be funny. Wait till you see this. But this moment was live. We had no preparation for what was going to happen. And it set me. I mean, I was laughing for weeks. You I I thought you might pass out. You were laughing so hard. There, it that tickles everything for me of like what is funny. It's like the humanity, this mega superstar, and I love John Travolta, my God. And there he was in all his glory, trying to in be a beautiful funny. wig, a beautiful strong wig. <laughs> I love Adina Menzel. We're so we're so excited for this moment, and just the pure embarrassment and humanity that shone through was so delightful. And it really, I mean. The top 10 list for sure of things that have made me laugh so hard I thought I would die. There's been so many Oscar moments like that. So we got Adele Dazeem. And then I don't know if you remember the next year where it was him and Adina Menzel on stage together. Yeah. And then he got in trouble again because he basically like put her chin in his mouth. He was like yeah. holding it so close. He should and this, stay home for a little bit. Well, he has. He's also taken off the wig. Um. <laughs> um and then we also got you weren't there for this i don't think but we got la la land yeah yeah oh yeah sure 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 i mean my god the lot that's why you're that's why people are tuning in it's live we got the revenant yeah oh yeah and the slap and that i did not see live i got some text about that and i think then I saw the videos, so I did. I did miss that one live. Oh God! It was incredible. It was actually less fun. It was incredibly uncomfortable. All right. Well, Katie Klein, thank you so much. You are always a breath of fresh. If anybody is looking for your Aldi haul, uh, where yeah. where exactly would they go to find that? Yeah, it's on Instagram. I believe the handle is Katie Klein Aldi. I think that's what I called it. I'll link it. I'll link it. Yeah, Katie Klein Aldi. You can you can go see me there on the internet. If you're if you're in Chicago, you can come to an improv show. My God, love or you can go to an Aldi and wait. You can just go to the I you know I do hop around, so just pick one. Yeah, I have Maybe. to go to Aldi now because the Walmart by me closed, so not. And you'll find your crackers. I will find my crackers. Thank you. This has been Rom Com Tom. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Thank you. Bye bye.